0: the gadgets for family the podcast where the children that say it's time to go back to school and the parents that say yay it's time to go back to school and anyone else who want to get more out of their lives through tech i'm your host jay benjamin
1: and i'm your host greg Cunningham. thanks for joining us for this back to school episode and i think i would add jason the podcast for anybody that goes oh the school is going to give them another device i don't want him to have
0: another device we have to manage right yep And that seems to be the case more and more.
1: And you can manage it, sort of, kind of, but usually they do stuff to manage it. And whether they know what they're doing when they manage it or not, that's a whole other movie, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And they're they're locked down pretty good, so. But yeah, that's that's a whole other thing.
1: My kids always get iPads, and when I go look at the operating system level on them, they're like a year back, right? (laughs) It's like a full release behind, and I'm like, really? And so they say, Dad, why can't I do this? I, I yeah, don't know what to that, tell you. It's not me.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's the school. It's not me. <laughs>
1: okay, well,
0: for the past few weeks, we've been focusing on certain apps and aspects of, of using your mobile tech, right? We, and, and just really getting into the how-tos of, of uh, doing those things and using those devices. So we talked about things like the Note app, uh, the messaging app, Last week, we went all in on personalization and how to make your device your own. Um, that's not going to change, right? I think we both kind of agreed that that's our niche and we want to focus on that going forward. Right, Greg?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, but I do like doing these extra episodes, right, where they're, they're almost like if we were a well-established podcast that was 300 episodes in, these would be like bonus kind of yeah. episodes, right, that don't follow the, the same format. So I think when new phones come out in the fall, probably be another yeah. kind of off script kind of episode and you know so yeah excited yeah, yeah
0: i think so and i think you know we'll do things like for the holiday like a shopping guide and stuff like that so yeah, yeah i think that'll be fun so but this week like you mentioned we're going to do something a little different this is going to be our back to school episode so i thought about several different ways on how to do this episode right i think i went back and forth with you a couple of times, and. Um, Originally, we were going to make it a regular show where we just say this is our back to school episode, and we just give tech advice on how to get kids and parents ready for, for school. But you and I, we're not educators, right? So
1: no patience. We decided cannot yeah. be an educator, <laughs> not at that level. No patience.
0: Yep, I think that's my problem too. Just no patience with this new generation. But so you know, between you and I, I think we know most of everything right from uh, changing your wallpaper and your screen all the way up to astrophysics and negotiating peace treaties with countries i think you and i can handle all of that right but since we're not educators we decided to call in some reinforcements so who better to call on, but none other than the people who are going to be most affected by this, right? And that's the Avengers? teachers themselves.
1: The Avengers? <laughs> Avengers assembled?
0: I wish the Avengers, but we only have the, the true heroes in our lives, and that'll be the teachers. Yeah. So I actually forgot that you were married to an educator, and, and my family is plagued with educators. Well, uh, did I say plagued? I meant blessed with yeah. with educators.
1: <laughs> yeah, good catch. Good catch.
0: So... We called on you guys and, and, uh, we got some advice on what the teachers would like to see and and hear us talk about on this episode. And, um, yeah, I I think we got a pretty good response.
1: Yeah. So I'll tell you my family. So my wife's an educator. She has mm -hmm. one, two sisters that are educators. Her mom and dad were both educators. My dad was an educator. My grandpa was an educator. So, but uh, some of those we don't ask about tech tips for going back to school, because that just yeah. may not go in the direction we want it to go, right? But all seriousness, <laughs> for any educators that are listening out there, you are the heroes. I don't know how my wife yeah. does some of the things that she does when it comes to educating our kids, and I can't think of anything more important than helping these new generations um, be good members of society, get their education. Yes. and move things forward. So if this helps an educator, just one, I'm all in.
0: Yep. Yep, same here, same here. A big thank you for us from, from us. So and and I make fun of my family. I know they're listening, but it, it's kind of the same like <laughs> like just many many people in the family work in districts right around our, our area and and uh, yeah, yeah, they 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 are the true heroes. So
1: maybe that's why you and I don't have patience is our family consumed it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They can deal There's with it a lot left better left than over. we can. So. <laughs> That's what it is. So, okay. So we did get a good response. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I got, I, I had so many, so many questions and tips to go through that uh, I had trouble figuring out which ones we were going to go through. So um, we couldn't include everything some of the shows, some of the topics we already covered. So we'll refer you to some of those old topics as uh, those old episodes as we go along. But um, uh, there was a lot of overlap and we'll, we'll talk about that later too, when, uh, when we come to it. Before we dive in, just a reminder, share the podcast with any of those folks in your inner circle, uh, any teachers, parents, admins, anyone that works for a school that can get any kind of value out of this episode. Don't forget, we have a YouTube channel. We're finally catching up with our shorts and all that. I'll have some extra time this week, just not today, but uh, I'll have extra time this week to, to turn out some more shorts on some of the topics that we talk about today. So that's there. Um, also, uh, our Instagram, you know, you, you'll find uh, uh, links to the, to the show and, and uh, you know, things that you can share out. Um, also, the Patreon is out there for anyone who is interested in that. Uh, we did do a uh, a soft launch on on that. So anyone who wants to uh, to donate or help out with the show and uh, uh things like that, that that's available as well. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it, guys. Just just send your sending your tips, any suggestions, uh, show suggestions, topics, I- ideas, and things like that. Just send them our way. So, Greg, like me, you've had kids from elementary all, up to, all the way up to college, right? And, and, and beyond. So back to school, was it always a hectic time in, in the household or, or did the kids adjust pretty good? Or, or you wanna you know, tell us about that experience with you guys?
1: I think my wife was the one that was impacted the most even before she was an educator. So she was a stay-at-home mom, we've got four kids. And I still remember, especially yeah. in Texas, I don't know what it was about the uh, school district we were in. We were up in Klein school district, but, he, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, we were, uh, I remember her sitting down and filling out four sets of yellow forms <laughs> that all had to yeah. have the same information. So they'd get home from that first day of school and she just knew that that's what her whole evening was going to be doing. So she was, mm-hmm. she was the hectic one. And by the way, that's ridiculous. Open a profile somewhere for every family to fill out because the contact information is all the same. Yep. One same, time, same emergency contact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think it was. I think it was worse for her trying to get that out because then also you're trying to get all the routines figured out. Who grabs the bus? Where? Who has to drive? Who has to be dropped off? And our mm-hmm. kids um, went to early morning seminary, so they were at uh, one of the churches close to the schools. Early, early in the morning before school started. So I think it was hectic for my wife. And I think the kids, to a certain extent, were ready to go back to school because you have all of that summertime. I know at least when I was a kid, I was about ready to go back and that wore off after about a week. But, you know, so (laughs) I think it was. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I think it was more hectic for my wife. Definitely wasn't a big deal, as big of a deal for me because I'd still just go to work and come home.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, we we both played those roles, and and I think it was kind of the same here. Um, so let me ask you this: Was it more? Did more age levels or grade levels seem more difficult to deal with than others? Right? Because for me, it seemed like I was a terror in middle school, and it turns out my wife was too. But when we got to high school, we both were really good kids. You know what I mean? So, my son, my oldest son. He seemed to follow that same trend. Right. He was he was a bit of a handful in in middle school. And by the time he got to high school, other than like a couple of incidents that I can remember that stood out, it was a breeze. So I'm hoping that'll be the same for my next two. You know, we have one in middle school now and one in in elementary. We hope they, they follow that same trend, get everything out of their system in middle school. But what about you guys? Did you find more certain grade levels harder to deal with than others?
1: I think that transition from junior high to high school was the hardest. So we moved to Texas yeah. when my oldest was in fifth grade, and we moved back right before my uh, third, so our uh, youngest daughter started high school, and mm-hmm. you know my youngest was still in middle school or junior high. I think that transition's the hardest, right? There's so much maturing that goes on. Um, yes. They're still in, trying to find themselves and who they yeah. are, yeah. In some cases, you're going from a one school structure to another. Um, freshmen get picked on a lot in big yes. high schools. It's just the way it goes. But then also there's a tech transition. There's a there's a style of learning transition, in my opinion, right? I mean, you can get away with a lot in middle school and just kind of get there. Definitely can in elementary school. It's hard to fail a grade, mm-hmm. right? But um, <laughs> yeah. then you start to get into high school. and the teachers are like, I don't care what your excuse is. Or at least they should. And not all of them do, but at least they should. Yeah. So I think that's a transition. There's a tech transition. Uh, once you get into high school, there's a driving transition. There's a dating transition. You know, the old joke about, you know, 16-year-old boys, all they can think about is girls and gasoline. So, yep. you know. <laughs> yep, yep. So that, I think, is Partying the hardest. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I I kind of agree with you, and and like we said that they, they're they're um still trying to find themselves, who they are, where they fit in in their social groups and things like that, and and now you know, oh, and I think back to even my son, it was kind of a breeze, but now you know we're dealing with them trying to find themselves on social media and the need to fit in and what do they call that—the fear of missing out and stuff like that—that that, you know generations before us we didn't they didn't have to deal with, and and you know now we're dealing with it, so. I think we we got a good balance, and you know, like we said, we don't parent parents on on the show here, but you know, we can give a a little advice because we've either been through it or we're currently going through it. So you know, it's nothing wrong with letting folks know how we deal with certain things. Not that we're we're trying to push our beliefs or our point of views on anyone, but you know, we just like to share these kind of things. Any any kind of advice in in a world that everyone's unsure about right now, you know, with social media and everything. I think any any bit of advice would help. So,
1: yeah, and we'll give you what I think is the most important tip, um, right at the beginning of our main topic today. So stick around for that. So yeah, yeah.
0: So before we jump into that though, let's get into some news. Let's talk about some current stuff. Um, I um, I I read the uh, the articles that you send to me. You know, during the week, if I don't see them in my headlines, and even if I don't reply back, I know we'll talk about them through the through the show. You know, but. What's this about these uh, price increases that that are going on?
1: Yeah, AT&T and Verizon in particular have changed their plans. They've got these new, Verizon I can talk to specifically because that's what I have. So they've got these new My Plans. Mm -hmm. It used to be that you paid a certain amount and then you got a whole bunch of free perks. Well, now what they're doing is trying to give you the illusion of having control over some of that stuff. And so you can pick a plan and then you add on the perks that you want, which increases the price. So the base price is lower than what you might be paying today. But then if you go in and start looking at what perks you want to add on, like the Mm -hmm. Disney bundle or tethering or any of those kinds of things, it increases up. So those are their new plans. And in order to get people off of those, they've decided to go back and increase the price of their legacy plans. And so I got an email from Verizon this week saying that three of my lines were going to increase by $3 unless I wanted to move to a new plan. So, and really the big difference between these is that it removes the five gigabyte hotspot. So the tethering option, um, that would be the big difference in any way what I ended up doing. So it was two of my sons and my wife's line, my youngest son and my wife never use their hotspots. So it actually made sense to drop them. So it was going to go up by three bucks, but instead the new plan was $3 cheaper. So I have a $6 savings on those two lines. And then For Dustin, he actually uses, um, like when he's out doing gigs and stuff with his violin, he's got his iPad Mm -hmm. and he uses his phone to get internet connectivity. So ended up having to leave his, his alone. So just watch Verizon or AT. I don't know if AT and T is, but Verizon will send you a note and go in and take a look. But make sure you go in and don't just switch by default because they had on like two or three of the perks on the new plans, and I was like, no they don't need those things. So like one of them they had turned on for everybody was the Disney bundle. Well, I get the Disney bundle. So why does everybody else also need yeah. the Disney bundle, yeah. right? So. So that's the first one um not really that thrilling, but just watch for that. And then the second one, I'm actually excited and and also have to sigh a little bit about this. So there's already mm-hmm. rumors, we know that we should hear an announcement on new iPhones in September. That's the norm. They probably show up the end of September or First part of October, rumor has it though that the pro level phones might be delayed, so they may be later in the year. But yeah. the other rumor is that the pro model phones are gonna see a price increase for the first time in five years. So the last time Apple did an increase in price on its phones was when the iPhone 10 came mm-hmm. out and that was that big, huge transition, right? From the iPhone style. Well, it was a shock for yes. yeah. yeah, and it was a big price increase, but when you looked at all the tech, that they crammed into that phone versus what was in the iPhone 8 because they skipped 9, right? They went from 8 yes. to 10. and um, But when you look at all the tech that was crammed into that, it kind of made sense. And so it's one to $200 depending on which phone you get, uh, of course, because I want the Pro Max, right? It'll be the $200 yep. for me. So I'm just planning on that. But um, they're going to be switching to USB-C. Thank you. Get rid of the lightning cable. So I don't know if that's more expensive or not, but that is a, a switch. A titanium frame so right now the pro model iphones right have the stainless steel band around the outside so that's going to yes. switch to titanium which, which looks really extra- good yeah yeah absolutely i hope they do a brushed titanium yeah. that would be awesome but more durable lighter also more expensive and then the other one that I've heard two different kinds of rumors on, this one would be super exciting, I think. And I don't know if this justifies a 100 to $200 price increase for all of these. But anyway, this is just some of the tech. But they're also talking about replacing the mute switch, which is a physical switch right on the left-hand mm-hmm. side of your phone above the volume buttons with a customizable action button, similar to what we have on the Ultra.
0: On the Ultra, yeah. And
1: I'm all yeah. in on that. If you're going to give me a button that I can tell it what I want it to do, um, yeah, please sign me up for that. There had rumors about having uh, uh, non-physical buttons, so they'd all be like the yes. the click pads like it, and stuff, right, where it feels like it yeah. clicks, but it doesn't really. But it sounds like that got pulled too many issues. So, um, but this customizable action button, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll program it the way I want. Give me my options, even if it's just shortcuts, like I do with the action button on my on my watch today.
0: Right. Right. So it, this was one of those rumors that we've been hearing since the beginning, right? Since since the, the iPhone 14 is released and automatically the rumors will start swirling around for the next model, right? So this customizable button, this rumor has been around for a while and I kind of always just took it with a grain of salt. But now it's looking like this is one of those features that may make it on a new device. So, yeah, it's it kind of... They they were kind of going for less buttons, <laughs> so that's kind of part of the reason why I'm like, well, why would they add another button? They're trying to get away from the, they're even talking about doing away with the mute switch and, and the volume buttons and stuff like that. Why would they add more buttons? But it makes more sense if it's going to be, you know, yeah. just that button and you can customize it and do what you want. So yep yeah, we'll looking see. forward to that. You probably won't upgrade, but
1: yeah. I figured you would say that. We'll see what you say when they actually announce everything. Yeah, but, when they uh, announce it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, but yeah. I will be. I'm, I'm, unless something changes between now and then, I will be definitely moving yeah. up to that uh, 15 Pro Max. And, so.
0: it, it's time. And, and it'll yep. be worth it, too. I'm, I'm sure it'll be worth it. Too. Okay, well, moving on. So, we have a, a tiny tech tip of the week. And, and when you messaged me about this last week, I'm like, wow, that's perfect. Let's... Uh, Let's, let's do that. So yeah, you had an issue. You yeah, let me tell you the story. For someone. So, yeah, yeah, uh, let's, let's get into it. Apologies
1: that. in advance to my wife, but she came up to me and said, I do have a question for you and Jason. And I was like, okay. And she said, I got a message saying that my Gmail was 96% full and asking mm-hmm. me if I wanted to free up space. And so immediately the phishing and spam and scam flags turned on, yeah. right? and So she said, so I went in and I just started deleting stuff. And, um, well, that's going to take forever. Yeah. And I went, okay. (laughs) And so we were on a car ride going to the temple last Thursday. And first I tried to find the email to make sure it really was a valid Gmail email. And she had deleted Mm -hmm. it because she had started to purge stuff from most recent going back. So here's the tip on this. If you get that notification from Google, which blows my mind because you get 15 gigabytes of storage right? And it used to be five, yeah. but now it's 15. And I went in and looked at mine and I've only used six. And so I'm like, how in the world has she yeah. used 14 gigabytes and I've only used five or six? And so yeah. what you need to do is you need to sign into account.google.com, right? You go, you get signed in with your Google account. And then I did this on her phone and it worked out great. You go down and there was a section that said, hey, this is how full your storage is. So first of all, I went, okay, yes, that was a real message. <laughs> it really was mm-hmm. from Google. Your storage is really full. Now, of course, they're offering you to upgrade. They want you to pay a buck ninety-nine a month to go up to the oh, next yeah. tier, yep. which is like 50 gigabytes or something. But they want to get their money. But so that was number one. You can see down there how much you're using. And then I scrolled down a little further and it had a clean up your uh. Clean up your storage, so I hit mm-hmm. that link and then it showed me how much was Gmail, how much was this, how much was how much was gmail Gmail, how much was Google Drive, and how much was something else I can't remember what it was Google Voice that was the other one, so yeah. it was all Gmail for her, and then so I scrolled down a little further and then it said, large attachments taking up a lot of space, and there's yeah. a cleanup <laughs> button so that's what I did. I hit cleanup. And when I went in and looked at it, I said, oh, so, you know, Dustin was on a mission in the Philippines, and then he was in Nashville mm-hmm. after he had to come home for COVID. We have a lot of friends whose kids go out on missions that my wife stayed in touch with, a lot of them from Houston. And so I started looking at this, and that's how she was getting photos from folks' missions, as they were emailing yeah. them out. And so all of these emails are sitting in there with these high-res images oh yeah and, and probably some
0: video and things like yep, that
1: yep yep and so i said do you want any of this kind of stuff and she's like no just go ahead if i wanted the photo or the video i would have already saved she it would to have my already camera. saved it
0: yeah right. so right. that's
1: tip number one you get stuff via email if you want to keep it get it off your email save it somewhere else because then all i did was um say clean up and i would go in and it would load on her phone it would load like 32 at a time And so I would Mm -hmm. check the box to hit select all and hit permanently delete. And it would tell me how much space it was cleaning up. It was like half a gig per time
0: (laughs) that I did that. Yeah,
1: yeah. so 32 emails, half a gig. And then by the time I was done, it was getting down to less and less because the photos were older. So the cameras weren't as high quality. So anyway, I got her down to like four gigabytes. So there was like 10 gigabytes worth of large attachments sitting in her... Gmail and she's got default setting which archives everything. That's fine. I actually switch it. I know when I'm deleting versus when I'm archiving because I'm a little more OCD Mm -hmm. about that kind of stuff. But anyway, that's your tip. Sign into accounts.google.com, find the box that says how much space you're using, go down a little further, it'll tell you where the space is, and then look and see if you've got a whole bunch of emails with giant attachments. That's the only way I can think of that you fill up 15 gigabytes worth of email space is if you've yeah. got a whole bunch of big attachments with
0: huge attachments and and most people would never know to look there right, right. they would just oh well it's a buck 99 let me just go ahead and get to 50 gigs and that's what google wants right yeah that's 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 a smart way to do it but no 15 gigs is a lot for just yeah. email yeah. you know you can you can really you, you can really get by with 15 gigs so Yeah, taking the time to just go through and cleaning that up. Yeah, I think that's a good tip. I think we needed to share that this week because I'm sure a lot of people get that message.
1: Yep. And you're about to start getting parents flooded with emails from your kids' schools.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) So okay.
0: So before we get started with the main topic, guys, uh, just don't forget to do all the things: like, follow, share. uh, um, You know, uh, Patreon, send tips, all of that. If you're if you're interested, so. Uh, don't forget to do all that and uh, a big thank you again to everyone that provided feedback for this episode you know we really appreciate it uh every single tip and question they were all really good but we couldn't include a lot of things so thankfully great minds think alike and there was a lot of overlap with some of the things they worded it differently but um they all wanted to know the same thing so that's some of the questions that we um that we included on the list here so um some of the topics that we covered in the past, uh, on, on past episodes, um, we're not going to go into too much detail on it because Greg and I want to give you guys a little homework. Get it? For the teachers? <laughs> we're going to give you guys a little unless, homework. And unless just so you're back, in a
1: school district that outlaws homework. I have nephews in school districts that do not allow homework.
0: Really? I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a thing. I know in Houston and some of these districts, they're actually... Fighting for less school, like they have days off during the week and and uh, weeks off in certain months of the year and all of that. Anyway, really weird to me. We should be fighting for more education, more days at school, not less. But hey, that's that's just my opinion. But so, a little homework for you guys: go back and listen to some of those past episodes. If you're new to the show, if you're subscribing, someone shared it with you. Some of the questions you may have, we probably already covered it in one of the previous episodes. So uh, just go back and, and check that out. But uh, Greg, you want to uh, we, we, we talked about just just giving a little uh, uh, disclaimer before we before we jump in. We want to talk about some transparency and things
1: like that. Yep. Again, <clears throat> excuse me. We don't want to parent the parents. OK. Yeah. But I will tell you in my experience and it won't always work out the way you want, but it's still worth doing. The best mm-hmm. thing you can do with any of these tips or going back to school, if you've got a kid transitioning from one school or another or, you know, we relocated midway through somebody's schooling, having to deal with that is open, honest, transparent conversations. So we're going to give a ton of tech tips. And in the post-show, we're going to talk a little bit more about screen time and parental controls. The last thing I recommend you do is you set up all of these controls to protect your kids and don't talk to your kids about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And so this is why I've talked about this a couple of times. And as much as I do not like meta, As a company, or what some of the things that Meta chooses to do. The one thing that I think they did really, really well was the parental controls that sit around Instagram, where you can sit down with your kids, set up time limits, uh, who they can follow, who they can't. You get notifications. And so they did a good job, in my opinion, on that. Now I'm not having to use it yet, but I've got grandkids coming up, which I'm sure I'm going to have to deal with at some point. But Mm -hmm. even with that, you've got to sit down and talk to them and explain to them why you're doing what you're doing. That's part of what frustrates me about some of the school devices that come home is I know enough to know how to control those devices, but when I get them home, some things they can do, some things they can't, I don't get it. So I can't tell them why, you know, you can't do this because of this. Cause I don't know why they did it. I don't know how they set it up. So I'm a real big proponent of transparency, open, um, personally, when my kids first got cell phones, they knew that they had no privacy. So I know that's a little bit controversial for some folks, but at any yeah. point in time, I could ask you for your device and I could go into it and look and see anything and everything that you were doing, right? But yep. they knew that upfront, right? And that wasn't a surprise the first time I went to them and said, I want to see your phone and I'm going to go look through everything. They knew it was coming because that was we had that conversation to start with. So have these yeah. conversations and all of this stuff that we're talking about. Explain to them what you're doing. Explain to them why you're doing it. When you set up parental controls, tell them what they are. Explain you know, under what circumstances they can ask for exceptions and stuff like that. Just don't give them the password, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, I don't, I don't mean to you know, go all philosophical like that. But in my opinion, that's the most important thing to helping your kids use technology correctly to avoid some of the mental health issues we're seeing that come from this some of the social media, comparison, FOMO, all of that kind of stuff. One of the best ways you're going to do that is have open, honest, transparent conversations about all of this stuff and work together with them at the right age. If you got to give a kid a mobile device because they're the only one at a school and they're super young and not going to get any of this stuff, yes, please lock it down and say, the only thing you can do is call me or grandma or grandpa.
0: That's enough
1: for a little kid, right? But. As they start to get older, continue to have these conversations. So anyway, there's my soapbox for the day.
0: No no, and I agree with you one hundred percent. You know, like we always say, it's control is an illusion. It's not about control, it's about safety and protection. Right. If you go in with this mindset of <clears throat> I have to control everything that my child does, then you're already gonna fail. It's about protecting and, and being safe and like Reg said, having these open open ended conversations about safety and things like that. So
1: but Teaching them how to make later. good decisions, right? Teaching them, yeah, yeah. this is why I'm doing it. So that's something you need to consider. I mean, I always use the example. I can lock down content types on my home mm-hmm. network, right? I mean, I could put controls yeah. on the router and say, you can't do, you can never see this kind of content at all on my yeah. network.
0: And Great. I do, I do yep. certain, certain stuff. Yep. And it's mostly about stumbling on it by accident, right? some of the ads and, and stuff like that, Unrelated to what they're looking at goes to adult content and
1: stuff. Yep.
0: So it's about the inadvertent, you know, stumbling upon stuff like that. But yeah, you're right. We can block it at the router level.
1: But what happens when they walk out the door and now their phone is on the cellular network or they go into somebody else's home whose wireless network is not locked down and they stumble upon stuff that they've never seen at home, right? If you don't have that conversation that says, hey, I've blocked adult content because it's not something you should be looking at right now, right? Yes. You need to wait until you're able to make a good decision about some of these kinds of things, you know, ads about drugs or, you know, whatever the case may be. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't mean to pick on a particular topic, right? But if they've never <laughs> been exposed to it at home and all of a sudden see it out somewhere else, you haven't had a conversation with them about it, Yeah, you run the yeah, risk of that's... them getting into stuff that they cannot get themselves out of, especially at young ages.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or, or the the friends explaining it to him and getting yeah. the, you know, the wrong definition of things and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. So, but yeah. So we'll talk about that more later in the post show, guys. If y'all want to stick around for that, definitely. But um, let's let's talk some of these tips that we got from the teachers. So our first tip comes from us from an employee at Houston Community College, and this is about charging your 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 child's devices night nightly, right? And this is a good tip. I actually trolled this guy all week because he came up with the idea, but I'm like, hey, that's a really good idea. So I'm messaging like, hey, look at this idea I came up with. <laughs> so so like you said, they're gonna get laptops, they're gonna get tablets and things like that. And charging these devices, sometimes is a hassle, right? I noticed it more with my older son. Uh, he, he just would never keep his devices charged less so with with uh with, with the kids now because i make charging so convenient right there's um uh, we talked about this in our in our our uh, when we were talking about our current setups and stuff how we have charging stations at, at the areas where we work the most you have one at your desk by the bed uh, uh there's one in the living room here there's one by my bed my wife has one on her side
1: so they can Two or always three charge three in the camp trailer got to have yeah, the charging yeah. stations in the camp trailer yeah
0: so I think that would be my tip is to, uh, is to, yes, make sure that their devices are charged, but also make charging convenient for them, right? If they have to hunt for a charger or a cable, um, they're just not going to do it, right? Yeah. Just, just like they, they won't find their backpacks in the morning, they, they won't find their lunch kit because they throw everything around. If they have to look for a charger, they're just never going to charge the device until they get to class and the teacher is like, pull out your iPad for this or pull out your, your uh, what are they, the Chromebooks that they call yep. them. So that's my tip is just make charging easy form If you have to buy extra charger, even if they didn't, they didn't provide one with the school, which that's usually the last thing that they provide are chargers yeah. for these devices, you know, especially if they're common. Um, yeah. Just buy some extra chargers, uh, uh, docking stations, things like that to, to, to have in these certain areas for, for your, your child to charge with.
1: Yep. And a couple of suggestions from me, go on Amazon. Don't buy the cheapest charging cables you can find. Right, you oh, get a brand right them. like Anchor, and mm-hmm. if at all possible, I only buy braided charging cables. Now they yes. are a little bit more expensive, but if you buy a single Lightning, if let's say it's an iPhone, I know they're going to switch to USB C, so you have to deal with that, right? But you buy a yeah. single charging cable that's braided, like from Anchor. It's probably going to last all four years of high school. Yes, if you buy the white ones, even directly from Apple. A year and a half in, ends are going to be frayed, and it's going to be yellow, mm-hmm. and it's going to be breaking off because the kids are just not going to be careful with it. So that's my number one thing: is when it comes to power, don't don't go with just the cheapest thing on Amazon. Find a good brand like Anchor. Anchor is kind of the one that I end up going with the most, or Belkin, or somebody like that. Right, somebody that's got a reputation. Get those kinds of cables. Pay a little bit more for them if you can. Um, and like Jason said, make them convenient. And so the convenient part for me is decide where you're going to charge devices. So if you don't want to buy, if you've got like us, we had four kids and my wife and I, so there's six sets of charging stuffs, right? They got to go on somewhere. (laughs) Same here. And, um, if you don't want to have to deal with that, and then from a, from a, some of our tips later, this will relate to, but decide where you want to put that charging station and maybe it's in the kitchen. And maybe kids know that when it's bedtime, you're bringing out your device and you're plugging it in, in the kitchen. And that's where it's charging overnight and calling it good. Again, I'm not saying that's what you should do. I'm saying it should be a consideration. And you know, if it's in the kitchen or something like that, like I know your wife says no devices, when we're having dinner and stuff like that. So that's yep. another opportunity for them to either drop it on a charging plate or plug it in at the charging station station and get things um, charged up. And I recommend being conscious of what devices you're allowing into rooms behind closed doors. Yes, I don't care what device it is. It can be a laptop. It can be a desktop. It can be uh, a mobile device or whatever the case may be. Decide what you're really comfortable with and this is a good way to do it this is a good way to say hey all of us including mom and dad we're going to charge our devices at night in here or whatever the case may be so
0: yeah yeah and there's some good charging stations on amazon too and and they're the ones with the uh, like the slots where you can put in tablets and they won't all fall over it'll be nice and organized neatly they all charge there and On the way to the bus or or to the car to head to school, everyone grab your devices, stuff them in your backpack, and they're all charged and ready to go. So really good tip I thought of.
1: I've got a... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Way to troll. I've got a... I think mine's a Satechi um, that's got four fins. So it's got four slots for devices. It's got three or four USB-C and USB-A ports on the side. And then the Mm -hmm. front is a little Qi charging pad. So I could actually charge like five devices at the same time. Now, it's not high-speed charging. So like at night, my watch, or when I charge my watch, is not something that I plug into that yeah. thing just because I want my char- watch to charge as quickly as possible. But charge my iPad on that because I plug it in overnight and you know by morning, it's fully charged. Same thing with my phone. Mm-hmm. And it's got two more slots plus the wireless charging pad. So consider something like that. But again, get a, get a decent name brand. Um, you can find those things fairly inexpensively.
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, back back to what you were saying about the charger. There's there's a reason why those things are seven bucks. If you're going on and you're paying seven dollars for a charger, there's a reason why it's seven dollars because you're going to be spending that same seven dollars a month from now. You know, so go with go with a good brand. And and yes, it it's it pains me to say it, but there's some companies that make better chargers for iPhones than Apple makes for the iPhone. So. Yeah, look into those braided chargers. They're, they're, they're really, really beefy chargers. So, All right, so this next question comes from us from a bilingual teacher in Aldine uh, ISD, an elementary school in Aldine ISD. So she asks, can we place Apple watches on a uh, do not disturb mode? So this is a good question because a, a lot of people don't realize it, but by default, the, uh, the watch mirrors the phone. So right. whatever state that you have the phone in, it, it mirrors it. Now you can go in and change that settings, uh, but by default, you don't have to do anything. It's just going to mirror the phone. So if you put your phone in a focus mode or do not disturb on the phone, your watch automatically goes in. But let's say it's a case like my, my son's school, uh, where well, his school from last year, where they would confiscate the watch. I say confiscate. They're turning them in. They're, they're locking right. them in lock boxes, and they're taking care of them throughout the day. Uh, they're not in trouble. They give them back to them at dismissal but they only have the watch. The most simplest way that, uh, that I can think of um, is when you swipe up from the bottom on the watch's home screen, you'll see two faces, like two theater masks faces, right? And that's what Apple calls theater mode. And it's basically a do not disturb mode. All of the notifications will still come in. Uh, all of the functions will still work. There just won't be any audible or, or um, even the vibration uh, um, uh, the tactic notifications on the watch. So if they get a message during class, there won't be any, any, uh, you know, disturbance or right. anything. They'll have to actually look at their watch, look at their notification center to see that messages came in. So that's a good way to put your, put the watch directly on the watch into uh, do not disturb mode.
1: Yeah. Also, right there, you should be able to put it into a, a focus mode too. If you hit the little, um, the little, I think by default, when no focus mode's on, it's like a, a moon or something like that, right? If you hit that, then you can put it into a do not disturb. So the key thing is to have a focus mode set up, number one, and then show them how to put it in there. Because I can also think a lot of people are doing the set up a watch for someone else, right? So the only thing the kid actually owns is the Apple Watch. They don't own the iPhone, but the iPhone is connected to mom and dad's phone, right? Mm -hmm. That's set up for other people. So you want to have that mode there and teach them how to use it and explain to them, you're gonna do this. And if the teacher says you weren't and your watch goes off in the middle and chimes, I'll know that you didn't do this. And then we're gonna to have to have yep. that conversation again, right?
0: Yep, yep, definitely, definitely. So that hopefully that answers the question. We did talk about more of these features and, and things like that. And also we do have an upcoming uh, uh, episode where we're gonna talk about uh, focus modes and things like that and and uh, go into more detail. So, if, uh, if it didn't answer your question, which hopefully it did just stay tuned, uh, go back and listen to previous episodes where we covered it and, and we'll have more on this topic, you know, coming up soon in the future. So let's see. The next question we have here is from an art teacher at an elementary school in Alden ISD. And she wants us to talk about the importance of using a calendar and scheduling around the family and stuff. Right. And. Just like the uh, notes episode and the messaging episode, I do plan on doing a full episode on calendars, right? Because I love this. This is something so basic. It's an app on everyone's phone, but it's such a powerful tool that we use. And even in the business, you know, uh, uh, the, the calendar is is really one of our most important tools that we use. And not only just a calendar, is a shared calendar. So a shared calendar is... Basically, it's what it, what it sounds like. It's a calendar that you can share with everyone in the family, right? Not just family, but but friends, coworkers, whoever. And all the events, uh, notifications, and and information stored on the dates on that calendar is shared with everyone with access to that calendar. So, for example, uh, my wife and I always use it from the early days of iCloud, right? When they when they first announced this, we we had a shared calendar, and we included things like. Doctors, doctor's appointments for the kids, football, uh, baseball practices, things like that. Anything that's going on, I'm forgetful. I'm really forgetful. She'll tell me, hey, we have to be at so-and-so's birthday party this weekend. And then I'll go out of the room and someone says, hey, what's going on this weekend? Oh, nothing, man, let's go, let's go for a ride. Let's go together. And she'll be like, I just told you we had to be at, so we started using a shared calendar. So um, bringing this back to school, you know, a, a parent in the home, you can create this shared calendar, share it with the kids, and you can put on all of the events from one school, all of the events from the other school. The kids are or the students will be able to add stuff to it, like, hey, I have this meeting with the teacher. And even if no one else has to attend, we'll at least know what's going on with, with that person. Depending on the age. You know, we don't expect yeah. elementary kids to add uh, meeting appointments, but if you have a high schooler, a senior, someone is going to meet with counselors or recruiters or things like that. To give them the ability to add that to the calendar without having to send individual notifications to mom, dad, brother, sister, and all that. Everyone can see on the calendar. Well, we know that Josh is meeting with his counselor at this time during the day. I better not message him or afterwards I can call and ask him how to go and stuff like that. So creating a shared calendar um, is probably one of the biggest tips that we can give you know for for this year for the school year if you you guys don't have a shared calendar go ahead and create one so the other the other thing
1: you can the other thing you can do with that is like in gmail so the way we've got it set up is each of my kids has a gmail address right they've got a google account and so they have by default a calendar well you can go into that calendar and give other users access to that calendar and so and my kids are all older so. Um, but that's the way we have it set up. And actually I my tip in here is if no matter how you set this up, make sure you've got your notifications and alerts set up the mm-hmm. way you want them. Because like I can still see Dustin's stuff even though he's in Houston, but I've made it so that nothing alerts me. I yes. so I don't I don't need yes. to know that he's got class at eleven o'clock in the morning. He's in college. He better be able to get himself up and get himself to college <laughs> class, right? But um so I have that. And, and my daughter and my wife do a lot of, because it's the grandkids, they're working together on who's watching the kids and stuff like that. So you can actually share those calendars out too and share it with other people. So consider customizing that stuff. And then even the Apple app, the calendar app, you can go in and you can turn on and turn off certain calendars. It's like you can yes. get rid of ones you don't want to see, or you can turn them on. And then I actually use Fantastical. That's my calendar app of choice. Um, Mm -hmm. When it comes to all of this personal stuff like that, and so weird, yeah, (laughs) it has it has a ton of features. Um, You know, when we do the calendar episode, we'll we'll talk about that. But consider something else if if you can't quite get things the way you want it, then consider one of these other apps out there because Apple has done a good job. But like most core apps, Apple does just enough to cater to the ninety percent. Yes, and then leaves other companies to do for the ten percent. So if you find yourself in that ten percent, I'd suggest taking a look at Fantastical at least.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I don't know if uh, anyone who's who's been listening they know I've been trolling Greg because from the moment I found out that he doesn't use the, the you know the native calendar on the iPhone, it just it blew my mind. I just I'm surprised. But like you said, he falls into that ten percent. Uh, we fall into the ninety percent, and and this. The, the calendar built into iOS is, is pretty functional. It's pretty yeah. powerful. You know, I, I, I love it. So just real quick to set that up, um, you know, open a calendar down at the bottom. You'll see calendars there. Tap there. You'll see holiday calendar, birthday calendars, uh, and any other calendar. I believe they removed the one because I didn't see it on my phone, but it says uh, on the phone. That was the calendar directly on the device, not shared with, with iCloud. So it wasn't going to be backed up or, or anything like that. So I think they removed that and they're all just iCloud calendars now. So to um to add one, you'll just just uh uh tap the uh add calendar there, call it whatever you want. You can call it family like we do or you can call it, you know, whatever give it your family name or something like that. Name the calendar and then you'll you'll tap the uh the i next to it and that's where you can go and add people to it. So you can add in uh, if they're a contact you'll add their name of course uh if you just have their email address just add their email address and then that's pretty much it they'll they'll have access to that calendar and they can add or or, or you know remove meetings or appointments and things like that to it rick said something that was really very important which was adding customizations right uh, uh, uh notification customizing the notifications because you don't want to be notified for every single meeting that someone adds if it doesn't apply to you. If it's something you have to be a part of, of course you want that notification. But uh, another good thing that, uh, that uh, we, we didn't mention was being able to color coordinate those, right? My family calendar is blue. My personal calendar is, I believe, just the, the orange one. The work calendar for the company is purple, you know, it matches the company's um, um, colors. So on the, um, on the calendar, when I'm looking at the day view, that meeting or appointment will show up in that, you know, on that corresponding color. So if it's my personal event, uh, it's going to show up orange. If it's something for the family, like I said, a doctor's appointment or something like that, it's going to show up blue. And if it's something job related, it'll show up purple. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, play around with that guys, create a share calendar, add all of the family to it and start adding in an events and then just narrow down those customizations those notifications the way you want it. That way you don't get, you know, disturb every time every time the kid adds hey i need to go and talk to a teacher or a counselor or something like
1: that just one thing i'll mention because this comes up when i go to add a calendar if you've got multiple accounts signed into on your phone like i've got my work stuff and i've got my personal stuff when you hit add calendar you may need to choose which account you want the shared calendar under so in jason's scenario you would want to make sure you choose icloud Right, mm-hmm. so that you're creating an, a shared iCloud calendar, which is going to be easiest if you're all in the Apple ecosystem to just add that on to. Just make sure you choose that right one. Otherwise, if you end up creating a shared calendar with your work stuff, and then all of your family's getting in the middle of your company calendar, maybe that's not yeah. the, the best thing. So just yeah. choose iCloud. That's easiest. Um, so that's it for me. Yeah,
0: Yep. Yeah. So... This next tip comes from us from multiple teachers, and this is what I was talking about—that that overlap. So, um, really good tips. So, oh, the hey first Jason, one...
1: I skipped something. Yes. Yeah. I gotta that? go. I gotta go old school for a second.
0: Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. So
1: <laughs> I gotta go old school because, and I, I joked around about this when I went through my mom's stuff, right? That she had those big giant honkin' wall calendars and it kept years of them. Well, sometimes, especially if you've got little kids, a physical calendar is a big deal. I mean, I like for my grandkids, that my daughter's been creating one and she puts, you know, a uh, drawing of a swimming pool for the day they're going to go swimming or, you know, the first day of school, a school building and some of that kind of stuff. Countdown to
0: so, holidays and stuff.
1: Yeah. Yep. So if your kids don't have a device, I know we talked about going, you know, fully modern here, but. You could use an old device like I've got my mom's old iPad here, for example, that maybe I could turn into just a calendar that's just plugged in on a counter somewhere that somebody could see. I've also used Shutterfly, which is a service where you can go in and design your own uh, calendar and put the pictures on the month that you want and that kind of stuff. I don't necessarily advocate the giant wall ones. You can do that, but I just do the normal size ones. And But then it's kind of cool because then you've got a picture. Like, you know, if it's my anniversary month, I've got a picture of a temple where we got married or something like that, right? So that's another option. And then I've also had, um, we've got a little chalkboard messaging board that sits on our by our counter. And if it's somebody's birthday, my wife goes in and draws on it and says, happy birthday. And, you know, some of those kinds of things. So there are some old school ways to do. I don't think you completely go everything on digital, but boy, it's sure nice when you do have those digital shared calendars. But um, if you haven't given Shutterfly a chance, they've got some great stuff. I've done calendars, I've got a tie for Father's Day that's got a bunch of collage of pictures of my grandkids on it, you know, that kind of stuff. You can do all those kinds of stuff through it, but sometimes, yeah, sometimes a physical calendar is super nice, and so sorry, I know you were headed down that next tip, and I was like, oh no, this is the only old school thing for the episode, we can't miss it.
0: No, no, I I did, I I saw that after after I started in the next section, and uh, that is a really good tip, especially for younger kids, because... You know, like I said, they love those countdown to holidays and, and things like that and being able to see how many days until they can go swimming or go on, on vacation or something like that. So, no, no, that's a good one. I'm glad we, we caught that. So, but back to the next tip. And, and again, this goes into that overlap. Multiple, multiple teachers provided this tip. So the first one says uh, establish a good, a good routine at home is key to uh, uh, starting the, the school year right on, you know, on, on the right track right? Routine, routine, routine. Uh, the next one, similar to that is a start a sleep routine two to three weeks before school starts. Right. And actually my kids just started this process of getting their sleep schedules back in. So really good tip, uh, decide when bath showers are, are going to take place before bed or in the morning, teeth brushing, story time, things like that to, um, you know, just kind of wind down the evening and, and, uh, Give their their brains time to calm down and and, and uh, to so they can get a good night's sleep for can older you, kids.
1: Can I tell you a suggestion there? So, because I get frustrated because every time I look at the music widget on my phone, this is mm-hmm. one of the most recently played things. But if you tell the Apple Assistant, if you're an Apple Music subscriber, you can look this up. But if you tell the Apple Assistant to play baby sleep it's a bunch of nighttime lullabies and it's kind of more popular songs but they've really there's no words it's all okay instrumental super soft super you know mellow like what a wonderful world and twinkle twinkle little star even that kind of stuff but it's not horrible it's not what i prefer to fall asleep to but we yeah. found with our grandkids that playing that on a device and you can set a timer, right? You just set a sleep timer so that, and when the timer goes off, it turns off the music. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that we found that helps. So it's called baby sleep. If you ask just to play some nighttime lullabies, sometimes you get some different kind of stuff that I don't really like. So it's called baby sleep. So if you just tell Apple music to play baby okay. sleep, that helps.
0: So it sounds to me like it's similar to what I used to use for our middle son. It was called uh rockabye rockabye baby. So it was, it was lullabies, but it was songs like from Def Leppard <laughs> and uh, and Journey and stuff like that. Some Kanye and, and uh, some some more modern artists, but they were lullabies. You know, they were softer, but they had the melodies and stuff from some of these songs. And oh, I used to love that, just listening with him while he goes to bed to to uh, photograph and things like that from Def Leppard. I I, I always loved those. So, um, so. Uh, back to the uh back to the tip so for older kids deciding when electronics and tvs are turned off and uh decide which item items or tasks can be done the night before like putting out your outfit for the next day shoes backpacks making sure everything is in the backpack uh again we go back to the charging thing uh lunch items things they're going to take for lunch anything they need to take to the school making it um you know setting everything out the night before getting everything squared away that way you're not doing it while you're rushing to the car or the bus stop in the morning so really really good task so there's a few things um that we can we can recommend to uh to accomplish these things we're not going to go into deep deep detail about them because again one of my favorite things on this is the reminders app and we're going to do a full episode on the reminders app because it is really. Uh, again, just like the calendar, it is really uh, a powerful tool that's built right into your phone. So, but let's cover some of these, you know, one by one. We'll talk about setting like the uh, bedtime in the, uh, in the health app, right? Yeah. So a lot of people don't realize that, you know, there's alarms that wake you up, but there's also alarms that tell you when to go to bed or when to start winding down the evening. And uh, that's set up in the, uh, in the health app uh, uh, right on your phone. So, and basically what it is, it just tells you, this is your bedtime. This is part of your sleep goal that you set for yourself. It's time to go to bed. Now, again, we don't expect elementary level kids to go through this, but if you have older teenagers or even some middle schoolers who are, you know, trying to, to get that sleep routine back together, right? This is, this is a good start, right? So. Do well, you know, it can log lock ins-
1: things down, though, right? Even for an elementary school kid. So, if you've got a yes. sleep schedule, which is what I think you're talking about here, then you, as the parent on that iPad for that younger kid, can set it so, hey, when sleep yes. time comes, guess what? The device is not active. Everything's yep. turned off, and then they're going to go, oh, yeah, I got to go to bed.
0: <laughs> yep. Yep. So, and, you know and and again we go back to it's not about control right it's about showing them proper habits and things like that so it's about building that routine up because uh, again these 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 tips came back it's all about routine 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 right so the first few weeks they're going to hit that right up to the wall on that that bedtime and they're going to be like oh you know or can I request some more minutes or give me an hour or give me 30 more minutes or something like that but as the school year goes on, hopefully they will get into that routine where they're like, "Oh, I'm not going to start this because I know my bedtime is coming up soon. my device is going to be locked down. I'm going to go ahead and take it to this charging dock and uh and, and and be done with it for the night. That's what we will want, you know, as, as parents, but you know, well, whether that that's going to happen or not, we don't know. So the next one again is the uh, reminders. so doing things like uh chores and and um things like that, Um, you can create checklists on the Reminders app, and these things can be shared with the family, just like the calendar, right? And not only sharing them, where people can see, okay, this needs to be done, this needs to be done, and they can go down that list and check off what chores they've done, what tasks they need to do, whether it's homework, um, doing a a PowerPoint presentation for this class, doing this for history, uh, writing this report for this class and they can go down and they can check that out, but you can also assign certain tasks. So mom, dad can go in, create these tasks that need to be done and actually assign them to, to people that are, that are shared on that list. So the reminders app is not just about making grocery lists, even though, you know, with iOS 17, they, they made a big deal about, Hey, we got these new smart grocery lists and all of that. It is way more than that. You know, It it it's what it sounds like. It is still a simple app, right? It's still a task and, and just a reminder app to remind you to do things, but you can actually schedule reminders and things like that where they will get a notification saying, hey, it's seven o'clock. Did you do this report? Or it's seven o'clock or on Tuesday. Remember the trash truck comes on, on Wednesday. Did you put out the dumpsters on the street or things like that? And you can actually do that through the app. Now, most parents... We still like to just go to the room and just yell, hey, take the garbage out. Yeah. But if you're looking for a more techie way to do things and to make your kids more responsible, then take advantage of the Reminders app. And, and it's created just like um, just like creating the, the uh, uh, a, a shared calendar. You would just go to the Reminders app, you would uh, create a new list and uh, add people to that list the same way you, you would uh, uh, add people to the calendar. And again, we're talking about your family unit or, or your, your clients, as we put them, uh, whoever you're responsible for, and just add everyone to that shared calendar or that shared reminder and then start assigning out tasks or creating lists and things like that. So yeah, yeah, really powerful tool, Greg. Do y'all use that, any, the reminders app?
1: Uh, no, I mean, I do extensively. Yeah. My wife does, but I mean, our kids are, I'm not at the young kids, I should have to remind them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah you getting. Like, my right. youngest is going into college, and my grandkids don't have devices that they use like that yet. So, not in yeah, that stage yeah. of life yet. So, eventually,
0: eventually, you'll 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 be. I'll we'll be, be to, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my next tip on that list, and and I know we're going through them pretty quick, um, but so w- one of the teachers mentioned like uh, playing the soft music, and we talked about the lullabies and stuff like that. This is why I have an echo uh, a dot in, in every room. You know and you mentioned home pods, you have several home pods and stuff ar- around your home. This is quick and easy you know say the uh uh the assistant's name the the wake word play lullabies or play soft music or something like that and it plays you know soft lullabies to help their minds relax and 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 go to sleep at night and uh yeah this is this is uh it it works even for us you know um my wife likes absolute quiet so we don't do like the thunderstorms and the in the rain and stuff like that. But I know it helps uh, adults too relax at night. And uh, uh, yeah, I can't recommend those enough. If you catch it on like one of the sales, um, I, I know prime day just finished, but you know, several times throughout the year, there's even maybe some back to school stuff that they may be having in a couple of weeks. You can get those things for as low as 15 bucks. Sometimes, you know, it may not be the current generation, but even several generations back, these things still, they really work really good. You know, to me, really, the only thing improves on them. The speakers improve a little bit, and the microphones improve a, a lot. But even some of the uh, older generations, if you have it in a good spot in a room where it can hear you clearly, it's gonna work just as good as the newer ones. So, yeah, HomePods and uh, and uh, Echo Dots and, and uh, other Alexa devices too. But they're not sponsoring us, so we're not gonna we're not gonna give them too much play on on the episodes. Yeah. But those are really good devices. So. Uh, the last one is is again. We're going to go into detail about screen time and 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 uh, parental controls and stuff like that. But giving them fun time on some devices on on devices, uh, right, Greg? This is yeah. uh, one of the ones you added.
1: Yeah, just especially if they've spent all summer not quite having free reign, but a lot of free reign, and uh, but all of us need some downtime. So. Yeah. Give them some fun time, you know, give them 30 minutes on a game or something like that and use screen time. And some of the other parental control tools we'll talk about and have talked about to do that. So don't make it be so rigid that then they become, they either grow to hate their devices or you for controlling mm-hmm. them or that they find ways to go around everything you set in place to try and help them. So,
0: yep. Yep. Like my son. So, and, and it's, it's great you mentioned that because I, I came to that realization that about the second semester this past school year, and, and I was telling my wife, you know, I'm like, they go to school all day, their, their devices are, are constantly locked down. When they get home, we make them read. They have uh, uh, like an hour or so they have to read, and uh, we, we don't really go by time, we go by chapters. So they have uh, one or two chapters depending on the size of the chapter they have to read. Then they have to actually do like a little mini report, tell us what was in the chapter and answer questions and stuff. And I'm like, you know, they, they're just coming back from school. They're, they're home. Let's take an hour and put that in between their reading time and just give them a time to come in and get snacks and kind of depressurize and, and relax a little bit and then go back into the, the learning thing. So we started doing that and we think we saw some, some, some benefits. Now, it did seem like a bit of a struggle to get them back into learning mode to do that. So maybe the hour was help hurting them more than it was helping them. But, again, that was just what we decided to do here in our homes. If you want to try a variation of that and try it. Um, but, yeah, giving them free time, uh, it, 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 it helps them clear their mind. They are at school for, you know, most of the day anyway. Yeah. Agreed. So we don't want to come home and bombard them with, with more learning stuff. So, All right. So the next tip comes from a, a primary school teacher in Crosby ISD down here in, in Texas. So, and I love this tip. Right, because this is such a dad thing to do. This is something I always, uh, I always love. But set up a workspace for your child to do schoolwork at home. They'll enjoy having a spot, their own spot to go to. Right. When we redid my daughter's room, which is formerly my game room, that was one of the first things we thought about was giving her her own desk so she can put her her school issued laptop, a dock for her iPad. She had her her Echo Dot sitting on that. It's just, it was just a nice little professional looking workspace for a six year old. <laughs> really, really cool. But, uh, the same with my son, he has an area in his room that, that he, uh, you know, is just for his work and things like that. And, uh, yeah, when I got this tip, I'm like, this is a really good tip. I, I wanted to include this one.
1: Yeah. I like it. I've heard, uh, you know, I had friends that used to talk how they used to sit in this little comfortable chair they had in their room to read at night. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you got to think, think about what devices your kids have, what habits they have, what types of things they'd like to do, and then what you're going to allow in certain parts of the home. Right. Like even with my son that's about to leave for college, when he wants to work on the laptop, he does it in the living room. Right. Or up here in my office. And um, so. You know, think about that. Do they want a nice little comfy chair, right? Ask them. This is another one of those that you can have a conversation with your older kids and say, hey, what kind of, you know, workspace do you want? It's not really a workspace like we have, but what do you want? Do you want a desk or do you want like a soft chair? Do you want kind of charging station do you want right there so that you can do that? Even if they're going to charge it at night somewhere else, if they've got their phone and, you know, they're going to be working on their Chromebook from school, they may want to just have a wireless charging pad that they can just drop the phone on, or they might want a little stand so they can have it up and playing music. Or, you know, we talked about HomePods or Echo Dots. Oh, I really like to listen to music when I work. And as long as you know that that's not just them, you know, yeah. getting distracted, yeah. right, then make it available to them. I know I listen to music all the time when I'm working. Yes. So... All of those kinds of things, think about that. And again, it's just another great opportunity for you to work with your kid on what makes the most sense for them and let them have some input into what they're getting. Because if they have input, they're going to like it and use it a lot more than if you just decide to do it for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you just just create something and just say, this is your work area, this is your learning spot or whatever, they're always going to resist that anyway. right? So if you make it just about education, sit here and learn. And they're gonna do everything in their power to try to resist that. So, yeah, this is a perfect opportunity to talk to them. What do you want? Do you want a stool? Do you want a chair? Do you want a recliner? My son, he wanted this big fancy game chair that has a where he can put his feet up and stuff. I I don't know why he needs that for homework, but we got it for him. You yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah, it's a good opportunity to talk with your kids and work with them on setting up their own little personal space. So, so. This next tip comes from from, again, multiple teachers. Again, great great minds think alike, right? So the first one I, I see here is going to be talk to your child about their school day. Ask questions. Um, you know, what was the best part of your day? Uh, what were some of the things you learned? Um, what was the hard part of your day? If you had anything that was challenging, any problems that came up, um, how can I help is, is a question uh, um, that, that you should be asking. Um, what else does it say? Oh, did you make any friends? What's their names? Things like that. Just talk to your child about how their day went. So talking to your kids are great, right? I, I've never kept a diary. I've never did things like journaling and stuff like that. I know the importance of it, but Greg, I know that, that you do. Yeah. So not only talking to your child uh, about these things, which would, which is already a great tip, but I thought that, you know, maybe starting them on a the path to you know, keeping a diary or journaling things uh, may be also, you know, a good add-on to this tip. So you want to talk about some of the things that that you use to to journal or, or, you know, diary and things like that?
1: I I will tell you, first of all, I know there's this cliche about, I don't want to be, I don't want my mom or dad asking me 20 questions when I get home. But (laughs) at some point, your kids go, man, I'm glad you did. Yeah. Because it helped me at least think about what I was doing, right? Don't grill the kids. You don't need to do that. But you need to know enough about what's going on to know if something's wrong, right? Or there's something that you need to be concerned about.
0: Bullying and things like that. Yeah,
1: especially with all these mental health challenges that seem to be getting more and more prevalent, uh, especially in our kids' lives. So asking about how their day went. And just sometimes your kids knowing that when they get home, they're going to have to tell mom or dad. How things yes. went may change some of the decisions that they made. So anyway, so back to journaling though. Um, so we talked about this in the notes thing. I use the notes app right now to do almost all of my journaling. I used to use OneNote. Mm-hmm. Both of those I would recommend. There's an app called Day One um, that's supposed to be super, super good. Uh, I've never used it. It's a paid subscription and I'm good with the, you know, the stuff that I have for free. Um, but that allows you to put in pictures and you can do that kind of stuff in notes and OneNote, but it's a little more difficult. And then I definitely, if you're going to start them down this path, we'll tell you to listen for later this year when we talk about the new journal app that Apple's supposed to release. You know, it won't be in September when 17 drops initially, but it's yeah. supposed to come later they pushed this year. It back. Yeah. So, um, but anytime you can get your kids to write down the good things that happened, um, you, if you can get them to write down things that they're grateful for, it just starts to help their brain become more positive, And they see the more positive side of life versus mm-hmm. everything that's bad in life, which is what social media and everything else throws at you all day long. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd recommend trying one of these and they don't have to do a whole lot. Like sometimes my journal entries are one sentence. This is what I'm grateful for today, or this is what went well. And like I said, I do a little more on Sundays, but Those are the apps I'd suggest taking a look at.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and all good tips. And yeah, just having them write down. Uh, I remember uh, coming to a point with my son uh, last year and like, you know, we ask you these things, not just as just banter because you're getting in the car. We ask you how your day went because we need to know if there's any problems, if there's anything that we need to address, if there's anything you want to change and things like that. So, you know, I'm not making small talk with you, son. I'm asking how'd your day went because I want to hear because often what would happen was always good. Hey, How'd your day go? Oh, it was good. It was good. And then next day or later on in the evening or later that week, I hear, well, him and his good buddy had an argument about something. And I'm like, that's the stuff I want to hear about when it happens. Not a week later because you confided in your mom or something like that. And, you know, and I'm fine if you don't want to talk to dad about certain things, you know, because there are certain things that I tell my wife and she's like, what? He didn't tell me anything about that. So kids, they they like to talk about certain things with dad and certain things with mom. So if it's one of those things where I'm just not privy to that information, then by all means, tell your mom, but tell one of us. We're asking how your day went because we want to know, not just because we want to make small talk, there's plenty of cooler people I would rather talk to every other yeah. day than you, son. you know, I don't want to just make small talk with you. I want to know what's going on in your life. i I hate to hear at the last minute or um you know when things are already out of hand before, when I can work with you while the you know these right. issues are going on, so yeah, uh opening up with them, allowing them to open up with you yep. is, is a, a big deal.
1: This is part of that transparency thing, right, and ultimately most parents do this kind of stuff because they care, right? Whether the kids see that or not, I'm asking because I genuinely am interested in your happiness, right? I want you to be successful. I want you to achieve your dreams. I want you to dream big. And if I can help with that, I want to, but if you don't talk to me, I don't know what I can do. So you know, this goes back to that original thing that I said, transparent, open, honest conversations you start out that way with your kids, hopefully they'll reciprocate. Now it may take until they're adults sometimes to get them to do that, but you know, it's the way it goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So our last tip comes from a middle school teacher in Alden ISD. So we did get a lot of tips from Alden ISD, but some of the uh, other school districts, we moved down to the, um, to the post show. So we'll, we'll get into those later, but um Basically, what the tip is is apps that'll help wake your kids, wake your your kids' minds up from that summer of just binging TikTok and YouTube videos and all of that. So these were apps to help get them back into that learning spirit, right? So there were several, but the one I went with was one called Flocabulary, right? It's an educational program that meets the needs of all learners. Uh, all subjects, all subjects can be found using Flo Vocabulary. Uh, the platform provides videos, academic vocabulary, interactive games, as well as as well as puzzles. All platforms can be used with the devices. So, phones. She listed phones and laptops, but I'm assuming probably Chromebooks and tablets too. So yep. all, all platforms. Um, probably anything it's a really with a good modern app-
1: browser type. Yeah, capabilities. yeah. As yeah. long as you.
0: Yeah, yeah. As long as you can log into it. Uh, as long as you can reach the website, you should be able to to use it. Uh, good tip because again they're going to resist it all the way up until the night before school right they're going to, they don't want to learn they don't want to do math they don't want to do things like that so starting them out even um like one of the teachers mentioned the 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 um the 3 weeks when you start the the routine and the sleeping schedule and stuff like that maybe start them back on these learning apps just to kind of wake their mind up it doesn't have to be complicated they don't have to do reports and and complete the quizzes to a certain score and things but you know, just to get them going, get them back in that learning mood. That way, on day one, they're just not overwhelmed with different subjects and things like that. So, an, another tip was one that you mentioned before. It was our, your tiny tech tip yeah. on, on uh, one of the early episodes.
1: Now, this is for younger kids, but Khan Academy, you know, mm-hmm. my kids have just, my grandkids have just really, really enjoyed that. So, I'll just recommend that one again. And then this one, Duolingo. So, most. Colleges have some sort of a foreign language requirement, right? And so I think high schools are starting or have already adopted. Yeah, you got to at least take a foreign language for, you know, some period of time in high school. But even if they're not required to take it, it's another great app. I mean, learning a language really kind of pushes you to learn a whole bunch of different things. So, you know, I speak Portuguese fluent Mm -hmm. because I served there for two years on my mission. But um, for the last, Four years, um, I have hardly missed a day going in at least doing one lesson for Portuguese in Duolingo. So Okay, and, so you're keeping uh, the skills sharp. Yep, yep. And I know that our school district uses it. If you're taking a foreign language, you have to go in and do lessons in it and stuff like that too. So it's also, it's just great. And it's free. Yeah, you're going to get the sign up for Duolingo Super or whatever it is that they call it at the moment. But um, you can do pretty much everything in it. And so that's just another one for them to, you know, there's a balance between having fun on these devices and then also using them for things that are really educational and beneficial. And so um, that's just another one I would strongly recommend.
0: Okay. And I, and I like that tip too. Last year, I wanted to push for all of us to kind of strengthen our Spanish skills. My wife speaks Spanish, my daughter speaks more Spanish than me and my son. And, and, um, I just kind of wanted us all to push the learn a language together and Duolingo was my my choice but uh sports little league and all that it takes yeah. up so much time and all of that so it just kind of got put on the back burner but this year this year we're all going to jump on Duolingo and we're going to we're all going to strengthen our Spanish.
1: And they've got some gamification in there so once everybody signed up you can follow each other and you can do uh quests together or you okay. can see what they've done, how many points they've got for the day. So that's kind of fun, too. So I've got a buddy of mine that went to Brazil on his mission. And I think he's back in Tennessee now. He's been in Washington and now in Tennessee and all this kind of stuff. And he and I at us because we've both been doing Portuguese. And I was I like, do a quest with your friend Alex and, you know, do this many okay. lessons or whatever the case may be. And then you can high five each other through the app and stuff like that. So kind of fun.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Good deal. We're going to, we're going to jump into that. So this last section is kind of a speed round. Like we do on, on a regular show where we kind of, we have subjects we want to talk about, but we're probably not going to go into too much detail, but these are all really good tips. And uh, I wanted to include them in the show. Some of them may not be techie, but um, we'll just include them anyway. So practicing if possible, eating three meals a day and, and small snacks instead of 13 small meals a day. Now, this really hit home for me because my son is basically, you know, we go in the kitchen. We have the the sink, we have the dishwasher, we have a refrigerator, and we have my son for some reason all summer just in the kitchen like an appliance, right? So <laughs> I saw this tip and I'm like, yes, we're doing this. This is this. We're adding this to the list. So get them uh, uh back in the in the you know breakfast, lunch, snack, and and then you know dinner and stuff when you get home. Not this whole, you know, garbage disposal. Just every snack is consuming every bag of chip and everything. So I thought that was a good tip, uh, Greg. Did, did y'all have that problem in the summer? Because you had two, two big boys that, you know, probably consumed everything in sight in the, in the summer too.
1: Yeah, but our thing now is Wyatt will just cook. So, I mean, yeah. the other day he cooked, he made little pizzas, little mini pizzas and ate. And then that was at like four. And then we decided for dinner, we were going to grab from a little local restaurant and bring it home. And I said, hey, do you want me to order your, your meal that you normally get there? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, okay, I'll just put it in the fridge for him. And he's like, no, I think I can handle it. So, you know, yeah. five o'clock, I come home with another whole meal and he eats that too. So he, he's to the point where he cooks for himself. Yeah. And so he'll come home from the gym at one o'clock in the morning because um, he likes to go when there's nobody around. and. He'll come home and I'll hear the bands and stuff clinking on the stove. And, <laughs> so I'm beyond that. I can't really control the snacking, but he's going to college. He yeah. can, he'll be paying for his own groceries. That might fix the eating six meal, full meals a day thing.
0: They, they do. They, they get a handle on, on spending when they're spending their own money. So Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So the next one is, is setting a time each night to check folders and to go through reading homework and, and um uh, check if they may have anything important uh it, it says here 20 minutes a night is ideal for that right and this is smaller kids right because uh middle school enough you don't get take home folders right but the teacher communicates with the parents um primarily through the information they send home in those folders right behavior uh, uh events coming up in the school and flyers and things like that so setting a time each night to check those folders uh, uh may be good Again, use that reminders app, use that calendar app, use that shared uh, uh, function and, and all of those and set that time every night. So the notification to go off on all of their devices, your daughter on her iPad in her room, your son on his iPhone and wherever. And they'll know I got that notification. I'm taking my folders to mom and uh, uh, we'll go through that. So good tip to have. Uh, the next one is parents should have their, cho- their, 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 child, their children read 30 minutes a day and create a reading log that's a good tip again we don't go by amount a uh, time limit we go by chapters um but that is something having them read every day and uh, again we stuff that extra hour in when they get home from school before they have to start reading instead of having to do all homework and stuff before and uh it seemed to work fairly fairly decent but yeah i think uh having a reading log and stuff like that it may be maybe good to have
1: my wife made the comment to me because she works with. Uh kids that need like personalized education plans. So, you know, they've got special needs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But she made the comment to me the other day that everything in life is harder if you don't know how to read well, and if you don't like to read. And one of the best ways that parents can do that is to teach them the habit to read now. And she even mentioned that, so I've got a 16 month old grandson and he loves books already. I mean, he Mm -hmm. wants to sit and look at books. He can't read a thing, but he wants to sit and look, and he likes the pop-out ones. And So every time I go into the local bookstores around here, that's the first place I go is to the clearance section and look at the kids' books, because they're expensive. I mean, books are not cheap. And I look at what's on sale and bring stuff home. But this was her biggest thing, is they need to read every day, and you need to figure out how to make it fun. So you have to read for 30 minutes, and you're going to read the book, I tell you. They're probably not going to want to do that, but hey, you pick the book and we'll figure out how much you need to read, but they need to be reading every day. I can't, I I just don't know that there's anything that we can stress more than kids need to read and probably adults too, and more than just reports and spreadsheets and some of that kind of stuff. I mean, we probably need to be doing some reading and some extra learning all the time too. We're not as good at doing that, but start, get your kids off on that habit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let me bring this up and this may be a little off topic, but me and my wife, we have a, a constant, a a constant battle over this, over this topic. So she, like you, she, she likes to have something in her hand to read, right? You still, you, you, you use your Kindle and stuff like that, but she loves flipping through pages. She loves the whole experience of going to the bookstore or half price books. We we have some here in, in, in Houston and, and, uh, She'll go and she'll pick her book that she wants to read. Me, I like to download an audio book. I, I, I just do. I just never have my hands free to hold anything. So, and I'll be honest, a lot of this stuff I've already read before years ago. I love Stephen King novels and stuff like that, sci-fi stuff. But she's always telling me it doesn't count because someone else is reading the book to me and I'm just listening to it like I listen to a podcast and everything else. Where do you fall on that? Do you think? (laughs) Like every book that I've read, I read like four books last year, but technically I didn't read them because somebody read them to me, and she read maybe two. You know what I mean? So who's really reading here? Is it me or her?
1: Boy, you're asking me to get in between the two of you. Here's the thing. So I think it depends on two things, and now we're getting into leadership stuff, right? This is the kind of stuff that Mm -hmm. I've spent my career doing. Part of it will just say, why are you reading? Are you reading for fun or are you reading to learn and to grow? And if it's the first, I don't think it matters. If you're just doing this stuff for fun, yeah. I think you get it however you don't. I listen to tons of audio when I ride my bike. And you know I go on some pretty long bike rides, yeah. right? Now, I don't do books because I like to read for fun. I think it, the way my imagination works when I, read, um, when I read the kind of stuff that I read I think it might be dangerous because I might lose track of where I'm at on a trail (laughs) and hit a tree or something, (laughs) right? But um, if you're doing this to learn and grow, I think it depends on what type of a learner you are. So are you the type of learner that's an audio learner, a visual learner, or a kinesthetic learner, meaning hands-on, right? And I learn much better hands-on first, Uh, actually probably reading and hands-on mixed together and last for me is audio, so the last yes. thing I do is learn the best just listening. So like professors droning on in a great big auditorium, nope, I didn't even show up for those classes. So yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think that's the thing for me. I do. I read a tons. I read a whole novel yesterday. Yeah. So, um, a bo- I mean, an actual
0: book flipping through the no, pages. No, this is
1: on the on an app. On my iPad mini. This okay. is why I have the iPad mini, because it's about the same size as a book. Right? Yes. And I so, said a
0: Kindle. I read your iPad mini. That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but uh, that's why I put these books down here. So I've got the Kindle app. I've got a book uh, company here that publishes a lot of things um, called Deseret Book. They have their own bookshelf app, and I actually have a subscription to that, because it's got a lot of church stuff in it, but also has you know a ton of the kind of stuff that I enjoy reading. So I'd recommend doing that. But yeah, I read mm-hmm. a whole book yesterday and I reread books. So if I find a yes. series or a set of books that I really enjoy, I reread them and reread them and you know, a couple of the series that I super enjoy, I probably reread once a year. So we're in what? July. If you know, if you assume that even if I reread a book, I still read the book, I'll bet mm-hmm. I've read 40 or 50 books. This year. So this is big for me. The reading piece is is huge in my book. And um go in and read. You can use the Kindle app. You can look for niche apps. And then check your local library, right? Wherever you can get a library card. And sometimes the schools actually will support these apps too. Overdrive, I think the name of Overdrive has changed, but I can't remember now. But check with your Mm -hmm. local library and say, Hey, what digital you know, what digital one do you Support and they'll tell you, and you use your library card to sign up for the account. You put your card number in and you're in, and then you can see all of the different stuff that they have available for them. That's kind of big here because we're in a small town. Um, yes, and so not a whole lot of selection, but if we go in and look at their digital selection, it's bigger. So, whatever you can do, I don't think it matters whether they're reading on a device or whether they're reading on paper as long as they're actually reading and not pulling up the book when you walk in, but then going right back to TikTok. that's probably not what you want, right? But yeah, right, I don't think no. it matters physical or this. My sister is all about physical books. I kind of used to like physical books, but I'm going to be living in a 200-square-foot camp trailer that you have weight yes. concerns. So I've started giving her all my physical books and all of the stuff I really enjoy I've rebought, you know, yeah, on, they, in digital. They take up so. a lot of
0: space. Yeah, They take up a lot of space. And we're not talking about, you know, like, like, big hardback editions or whatever. We're talking about little paperbacks. Yep. You know, when you get a box full of them, you always end up donating them or something like that. Yeah. Why not have them digitally? So, yep. Well, you heard it here, folks. I, I I'm definitely reading with my uh, audiobooks <laughs> <laughs> No, but you're right about, about reading. That is, that is a really big deal. So, and I think that's a good tip to end on. Yep. So to, to wrap this thing up, what are we, what are we talking about next week, Greg?
1: I think we're going to start in on the settings app. We mentioned this, last week or whatever we've been de- yeah. deep diving into some of these key functions and then went maybe we should have started at the foundation and yes, gone through the settings I think so. <laughs> so i think we'll start on that my guess is in order for us to not make three hour episodes is it's probably going to be a multi-parter and so yes. we may do part one next week and jason may pick something different the week after and then go back to it but we'll kind of see that's my plan for next week so Um, If you're just getting into all of this stuff or you've got, you know, grandkid that convinced you that they need an iPhone and you've been in the Android world, now we're going to go in and show you the settings and talk to you about the nitty gritty stuff. And this is a good refresher because I still think I'm going to try and start from scratch when I buy the new phone. We'll see if. If thirty minutes into setup, I go, oh yeah, forget it. I'm just restoring. From yeah, I just time. want. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I forgot all of these things. Let me just do a restore. Yeah, yeah. just to make things easier. Yeah, but no, no. I think I, th- I think you're right. I think that over the years, because I mean, again, we're from i what it was iPhone OS 1.1. We've been on it, right? And every year they just pile on more and more and more features that we just forget that. Hey, I forgot that they added this on or they moved it or they just named it something different. Right. So, yeah, I think going through settings from top to bottom, people will be surprised that they didn't realize that they didn't know that they can do certain things or change certain settings like that. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a good series, folks. So come back and uh, join that. Um, Again, thank you to everyone that submitted these these uh, uh, these tips and these questions. Uh, We didn't cover everything you know, an hour long episode and we ran a little, a little long and we still have the post show to do. So we didn't cover a lot of stuff. Uh, We're going to cover parental controls and, and screen time in the post show. But uh, definitely you guys just stay tuned for uh, uh, subscribe, follow. Uh, We're going to cover a lot of that soon in in upcoming episodes. So just stick around. So that's it, Greg, for me, do you have a a, a cool podcast closing for us this week?
1: T-show, ciao. I don't know. I uh, forgot to well, come up with something this time.
0: I know every, every week I, I wait till we get down to this section and I forget, so I just copy you. But I can't speak Portuguese, so I'll just say, "Cool podcast closing, guys. We'll see you next
1: week." Well, see, here's the cool thing, Jason. If you say "ciao," it could be Italian. It could be Portuguese. There's a few of those languages that that one covers. So then you might make people wonder, "What language do you speak?"
0: Okay, just English. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, guys, have a good week. Okay,
0: see ya. All right, folks, thank you for sticking around. If you stuck around for this, then, then uh, you're just like us. You love the uh, the extra geeky side of technology. So some of the questions that we got were, like I said, I kind of grouped them together because they all kind of revolved around parental controls or what Apple calls um, uh, screen time, right? And like Greg and I always say, you know, a, a control is, is, is an illusion, right? So I think that's it's not just a marketing thing why Apple changed the, the name from just parental controls to screen time, because it, we know that actual control is not something that they're trying to achieve, or, or they don't want these to be used as a control, you know, device, a, a control method to to, uh, to to control someone's device usage. It's more about learning how to protect yourself online and learning how to Protect your children and keep them within boundaries that'll keep them safe. So, again, just for naming purposes, we call it parental controls, but it's 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 not about control at all. Especially
1: especially for kids that aren't mature enough to make these decisions for themselves, right? I mean, I've talked about this. The older my kids got, the more I had to release control, so to speak. Uh, I think it's funny Mm -hmm. that Apple doesn't call this parental control when Apple likes to record every little or control every nitty gritty detail about our devices. But um, eventually you have to let them kind of make their own decisions. And so for me, this is about teaching, right? This is about helping them understand, hey, these controls are in place and this is why. Because yes, you're a a 10 year old kid, I'm gonna decide whether you're gonna see certain types of content. Just like going to a movie, right? I mean, there are rules around Mm -hmm. how old you have to be to see certain movies in a movie theater. And then when you're at yes. home, mom and dad get to decide what movies that 10 year old's gonna see. So I don't see it as any different. So it's about teaching and helping these kids learn the consequences, good and bad, of whatever decision mm-hmm. they're gonna make as an adult because eventually they're gonna have to make their own decisions. Yes, yes.
0: So the, the first tip comes from a, well, the first question comes from an elementary school teacher in Sci-Fair ISD, right? So she asks, Explain parental controls and the importance. And the next question I got was how to set a location. I'm guessing, I'm guessing they meant like location services, right? Uh, uh, location trafficking, uh, 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 location tracking and how not to allow your children to block their location.
1: Yeah. So I think that one's about, I interpreted that one as how do I know where my kids are? Yes. Right. Yes.
0: and, and this is something we use on a daily basis, right? If, if, uh, if you're new to the show, you missed the episode where we talked about briefly about uh, location tracking and location sharing as a safety uh, precaution, not so much as, you know, I want to make sure that they're not in trouble. I just want to look at a glance and see where all of my, my, my valuable assets are, my family uh, are on the map at, all at one time, right? So if I see something weird, like my wife going one way and my child going the other way, I can call and say, Hey, what's going on with this, which has happened before in the past. So all this can be done with uh, the parental controls on the Apple devices. Again, this is called screen time, right? So a lot of people probably were introduced with screen time because they got some kind of prompt when they first set up their phone saying, Hey, you can track your usage and see trends and things like that of how you use your device. Well, it goes beyond that, right? You can set a family unit up and have, you know, husband wife children or however your family is structured right i'm not just saying that that's that's an actual family uh uh having that but let's say a mom wanted and two kids and she wanted to to be able to keep tabs on her her two kids so you'll set up the family union unit and then you can set things up like location sharing and stuff like that and one of the options is to not allow your child to be able to change that option so they won't be able to turn off location services they won't be able to do things like change their password when uh when they want you right you will have that password originally during the, the setup and through these uh parental controls or through screen time you can choose to deny them the access to be able to turn off their location services so you'll always be able to look and see where they are on the uh, on the map and things like that so these are all powerful tools, again, um, as far as, uh, you know, a safety standpoint goes. So if, if you hadn't set up screen time, we're not going to go into too much detail here about how to do it, because I promise you coming soon, we're going to do a full episode on how to configure all of these settings and, and uh, set all of these up in um, uh, 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 the, the main show and a deep dive. So we'll be providing this information for you soon. But in the meantime, I want to encourage you to go to Apple's page about screen time and and, um, and just go through the steps of setting this up. At least you, you'll have all of these things in place beforehand. And then if you wanna wait around on us to give you the rest of that information, uh, you can find that. Or there's tons of resources too on YouTube that, that'll go in on how to configure all of these settings and stuff. So if this is something you need right away for the school year, um, then yeah, I encourage you to go ahead and go to Apple and go to some of these other resources to get this information.
1: Yeah. I mean, simply go into settings, screen time, and then choose the kid, right? They should be part of your family already. Choose them and go through and set stuff up. This is the one place where don't just go flipping switches.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> Make sure that you know the passcode that you're going to set up for screen time. Great thing is it's a separate, it can be a separate passcode than what their device passcode is, right? Which, which it, is it, what I have set up. So. Yes,
0: and it should be. Correct. It should be a separate password because, yep. uh, like I mentioned before on a, on, on a previous episode, our t- children have our passcodes to our phones. So, like, my son can grab my phone and my iPad and unlock it because he knows my passcode. So you have to make that screen time passcode different. That has to be something unique for you because, like my son, he learned a passcode and he would go in and give himself more time every night. So when I would get up the next day and I would look, well, why do you have four hours on YouTube? I only allow two hours of all social media, period. So How do you have four hours on this one app? Well, because he, he learned my passcode and he can go in and improve his own time. So I do, I would give you that tip. Make that passcode different.
1: Yeah. And then just, just be aware of some of the stuff you want to turn on and turn off. Like Jason mentioned, don't allow location changes. So they can't turn off. They have to share their location with you. And. Again, if you're having open, honest, transparent conversations with them and you tell, you know, let's say you give an Apple Watch to your your fifth grader because you want to know where they are and they're going to start doing some after-school stuff, or maybe they go to daycare after school and those kinds of things, and you're going to say, hey, look, I'm always going to be able to see where you are. But the reason I do that is I just want to make sure everything's okay and make sure that you're safe, right? And then so I've talked about this. I think at least with a couple of my kids, I was pretty effective in having these open, transparent conversations to varying degrees with various kids. Um, but like, I can still see Dustin's. And he's in college and he's had the option of turning that like location sharing off for like five years now. And it's still turned on. So, and when he called me on, the, on New Year's Day and said, I'm okay, but I got in a car accident. The first thing I did, right, was pull it up because he was just texting me, is pull it up to see if he was in the middle of I-45, right? Yes. And, <laughs> yes. Or something like that. And so, yeah, I mean, or I want to talk to him. So I, I pull it up, and if he's in the music school, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I'm never going to get his attention.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll just call him after. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's what, I, that's what I mean by being able to track these locations. It's not necessarily like I need to know where everyone is all the time, but, you know, you just want to know someone's all right without messaging them. Are you all right? right? It's taking so long for them to get home or something like that. Well, let me see if they're at the Jack in the box or McDonald's or something like that without having to worry them like, Hey, you're taking so long, what's going on or
1: something like that. Yep. So, so on that uh, also one too,
0: I just want to mention on Greg, that one. Greg pre-
1: mentioned it, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. We're talking over the top. Just on that one. So settings, screen time, go into the person, set a passcode, and then tap on location services. And all you need to do to fix that is to say, don't allow changes
0: yes and there's other options too right account changes password changes uh there's a yeah. few settings in there that you can allow them not to do if you don't want them to do it and and uh again talk to them the reason why yeah. the reason why Bingo. you don't want those the, those to be changed and that's pretty good greg mentioned before if you're like me you you want to give your your younger child an apple watch uh not all of them can be tracked so that it needs to be the cellular, cellular. version of, of that watch because the current watch that she has is just a regular it's, it's not a cellular version so we're actually thinking about getting her a cellular version um, not one of the more expensive ones not the current model just you know one that's reasonably priced and, and not you know um, lightly used but um, or she's going to yeah, get it, Jason's
1: it, current ultra when they release the new one that, that <laughs> wacky rumors say is going to have S.O.S the satellite calling and three X, the battery life. You remember?
0: And lighter too. Yeah. I didn't,
1: I didn't bring this up because I just want to throw up if these rumors are true, because that's going to make it hard for me not to want to upgrade to the next version. And the problem is nobody in my family (laughs) wants this one. Now, if you went to your daughter and said, Hey, dad's going to give you his coolest watch ever. And I'll buy you a bunch of little plastic cases in neon pink. And, whatever color yeah, and bedazzled nice bands. Yeah. 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 She's going to go. <laughs> yeah. And Jason's going to go. Yeah. You have no idea how much that was watch cost.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she'll never wear it. She's going to be Dad, This thing is so heavy. I can't lift my, <laughs> my little arm up anyway. Yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, you know, and again, we talked to one of our earlier episodes too. We talked about reselling devices and things like that. So check that one out too. If you're yep. wondering what to do with your old tech. So, but yeah, so a lot of these things you can do um, through the parental controls, which again is called screen time, and and uh, yeah, I encourage you to just go through, look at those settings, um, use some of Apple's resources to, to set those things up, and and uh, look up some some uh, you know some YouTube resources and stuff. Some some of those guys they dedicate a lot of time to making sure they give you the proper information and stuff like that, um, and yeah, they'll walk you through step-by-step how to, how to be an expert on those things. Cause yeah, I know I mentioned before parental controls, they make them so complicated that parents don't want to deal with it. And, and uh, I don't want that to be the case with this. So you have one more for us. Yeah.
1: Aldean ISD elementary art teacher, probably the same one from up above, but how to check the history of your child on the phone, such as usage sites, games, pictures, You know, teaching parents how to gain control of the phone, such as a password. So Jason already said this, they're gonna have the password to their device, right? But what you wanna do is set up screen time with a separate password that they're not gonna know. Now, I think my oldest son or my youngest son probably knows the screen time password. He still has it on. He's been 18 for a year and hasn't asked me to turn this (laughs) off. He's still got a limit on entertainment for how many hours of entertainment he can watch during yes. the day and he asked me to leave that on. So absolutely I'll leave it on. And like for me, I've got some limits too, but then I know the passcode so I can override it. But there's this mental thing that happens when it pops up and says, you've been on YouTube for this long. Do you want to extend yes. your time? And I go, Uh, oh, I didn't realize I had been on for that long. So yes, I do or no, I don't. So he's still got that there. So get that set up first and then All you do is you go back into screen time and it's going to probably take a couple of days before it starts to really get this consistent. But then you go in and it's, you tap on the person you want to look at and you just look on, see all activity. Mm -hmm. That's all there is to it, right? And then down there, I can see uh, how much time he spent on TikTok, Snapchat, Safari, Google, Spotify, because he's a Spotify. I don't know how I ended up with two kids doing Spotify in my family, but um (laughs) but yeah i can see that but you know like right now i'm looking and it's saying that his screen time is down like 70 percent from the last week um and you can see this all on a day or a week trend and just kind of see what the what's been going on and then if i go in like i can go into safari and i can see you know which days how much time he spent on on that kind of stuff and um so yeah, I mean you can get in there and you can you know kind of see what they've been doing. Now this is without touching their device. Right? This is not
0: yes, That's what I was going to say. This is without touching right?
1: their device. So this is again, I don't want kids to feel like um you're going behind their back. So you've got to tell them, I'm going to do this. Every week on Sunday, I'm going to get a screen time report that pops up on my phone. It's going to say how much I use my device. And it's going to tell me how much you used your device. And I'm going to go in and look at that. And if something seems out of whack, we're going to have a conversation about it. So this is not about spying on them without them knowing on it about it. This is about spying on them and them knowing that you're spying on them. Right. Um, Yeah. That you're going to go in and look. Yeah. And so again, it starts out different when they're younger and then eventually you have to give them more and more and more stuff. Like, when my kids were little, I just said, give me your phone. And now with Wyatt, if he's asking me, I don't check his phone anymore. He's 18, right? I mean, yes. he's got to make his own decisions. If I need to look at something on his phone, I'm going to ask him, "Hey, can I look at your phone? And this is what I want to look at. And yeah. he's either going to say, well, just tell me how to do it. Or he's going to hand me his phone and I'm going to go from there. And I do it with him right there. So, you know, that's, I think that's important. Um. Again, it's all about building that trust and having those conversations. And then one of the hardest things to do as a parent is let kids make their own mistakes. It is so yes. hard to yep. let them do that. But sometimes, you know, I, kids are only going to learn the hard way, right? I say you can learn either from your own mistakes or from the mistakes of others. I prefer to learn from the mistakes of others most of the time, right? But sometimes you get people that just want to learn from their own mistakes and, Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So let me see if I'm going to be an exception to this rule and, and make the same mistake. So, yeah. Yeah. And and you know, Greg mentioned earlier that, you know, this is no substitute from being able to just grab the phone and go through. You're going to get usage data and and Safari data and stuff like that, but if you're curious about the exact sites that they're going to and the pages that they're exploring and and stuff like that, then, you know, this is no substitute from being able to grab that phone and just go through it. Now, again, this is about you having that relationship with them, right. them having the knowledge, you know, because you, you, you still have to give them boundaries. Even even at 11, 12 years old, they still have to have their own, their, their own um, what, is it, what is the word I'm looking for here? They, they, need, to, they need to have their own boundaries. You yep. know what I mean? They need to have their own, their own privacy and stuff like that, I guess yep. is what I'm going for, to a certain extent, right? We're still guiding them through life. We're still guiding yep. them through making these choices. So still allow them to have their privacy, but then them still know that, hey, mom is going to come and grab my phone and look at my websites. Yep. Maybe I need to not visit yeah. these type of websites and stuff like that. Well,
1: so. and, and this is going to happen, unfortunately. that you know, If, I yeah, talk, if we is. talk about adult content, the average age of exposure to adult content is eight years old or less. And the percentage of people that will be exposed to adult content is 100%. Okay, so everybody's going to be exposed to it. So your kids are going to get it. And so, you know, if you're I'm sitting down on the couch and I I tell, you know, my 10-year-old, "Hey, look, let's go through your device together." Right? And you pull up Safari and you pull up their browser history and you look at the sites that they've been to and you see something that's questionable and you say, "Hey, talk to me about this." Don't fly off the handle. The worst thing you can do is Immediate fly off the handle, which is probably how I would have reacted when my kids were kids. I'm I'm a better parent now that my kids don't need a parent, but well, at least think they don't need a (laughs) parent. But um, be able to say, hey, tell me about this site. Well, you know, my friend, I don't want to get him in trouble. No, I'm not asking you to tattle on a friend. I had a friend tell me that this site was really cool, and so I went to it, and that's what it is. And that's an opportunity to say, well, how did you feel about this site? You know, did it make you feel good? Did it make you feel bad? Well, no, I, did, I, did, I don't, you don't really understand now. There may lead to some conversations that are very, very uncomfortable, but, and you got to yes. decide as a parent when and to they do will. that. Yeah. But that's yeah. what you need to do. I mean, if, if somebody walks up and says, Hey, look at this picture and, uh, shoves a, a picture of adult content in the face of your eight-year-old, they're going to struggle with that. Right? So. You're going to have to be able to talk to them about that kind of stuff. And, and this is not a parenting podcast, um, but this is the kind of stuff. So we're putting controls in place to help minimize exposure for our kids when they aren't ready to be exposed to that kind of stuff, right? And only you as a parent can decide when you're going to expose them to the harsh reality of life, which is you're going to run into things you don't like and that you wish you hadn't seen and that you will never be able to erase from your brain, right? And Having that conversation with them, so you know checking up on their stuff, and not that I'm advocating you to go behind your kids' back, but your cell phone bill is also a good way to check some of this stuff too, without having to physically get a hold of their device. And so, if you're concerned about a kid and you feel like they're deleting their history or whatever, and you're not getting the full picture, and you really are concerned, then maybe let them know, hey, look, let's let's look at the cell phone usage, right? Because your carrier is going to tell you how much time they spent on the internet on a specific type of, of stuff, like web browsing versus social media versus video, you know, some of those kinds of things. And then I know that when cell phones first came out before smartphones, you got, and I think you still get these on most of your bills, you're going to get every text message, the number, not the message, but the number that the text message was sent to or from, and the number that the call was called to or called from. So you can see all of that kind of stuff. I still remember when my kids were young, when I was OCD about this stuff, of going into the Verizon portal and putting names on every phone number that we knew. So that way I only had to look at the numbers that, I, that showed up as numbers, not as names and go, who was this? And why were you calling them or why were you texting them, right? And so I don't necessarily advocate that unless you've got that relations with, relationship with them, right? And you've built up the trust and the transparency that you can say, hey, look, I was really concerned and I was checking this out, can you, Just explain this to me. So this is a lot. This stuff is a big deal. um, And I wish there was a manual that we could give you that would tell you how to get it just right. But the reality is what's right for me with one of my kids is wrong for me with another kid. And what's right for me and my family is not necessarily right for Jason and his family. We could have two kids that are very, very much alike, and we would still need to handle some of this stuff very, very differently. With them, but this is about the tools. So the tools are all there. The only thing I think that should be consistent across every parent kid relationship, every family, is transparency, honesty, and communication.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think that's a good ending point for this show. What do you think, Rick?
1: Yeah. Running at the two hour mark. So, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's a good one. I think a lot of good information in here, guys. So uh, again, do all the things, subscribe, recommend, share this with everyone, every teacher. Uh, If your teacher's going to be going to meetings coming up, uh, uh, getting, uh, what do you call it? Not orientation, but for the staff meetings and all that. Share this with everyone in the room. Tell them to listen, subscribe to the show. Um, Yeah, yeah, and that's it.
1: Okay. All right, thanks, Jason, for putting this together. It was good. We'll see what my wife says. Yeah, I like this one. We'll see what our uh, family members, my wife, your family, that listen to it, and when they say, oh, yeah, those were good tips, or, oh, you guys really missed the boat. We'll see.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) we'll see. We'll do a follow-up episode if so.
1: Yeah. All right, sounds good. (laughs) Thanks, everybody.
0: Thanks, guys. Bye.